all this morning. Uh, thank you for joining us online. Um, join me as we give the band a hand. Thank you all very much for coming in uh, this morning. Um, and thank you all for staying home and for joining us online. Uh, I know it's been a very odd week uh, with everything that's gone on. I've been reading a lot of a lot of articles on flattening the curve and how we deal with the coronavirus. Um, it looks like the, the earlier we respond to it, the, the better it will be. So thank you um, for staying home. Um, I just want to take a little time to thank our uh, medical teams, our first responders, and everyone out there that's doing work on this, our political leaders and their decisions. Um, if you'll pray, uh, bow your heads and pray with me as we lift them up. Lord, we bless and thank you for always watching over us and guiding us. We thank you for our leaders and pray for their wisdom as you guide us all through these times. We pray for those affected by the virus, for their healing, and we pray for the families of those who have lost loved ones. Give them peace and comfort in their grieving. Father, guide us to wisdom and peace and order in this time. And thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us, and that your love is always with us. Amen. As Daryl said, we are in the series, uh, the season of Lent, as we prepare ourselves um, for the sacrifice of Jesus that we celebrate in Holy Week. And we are in a series uh, where we are looking at the I Am statements, getting an idea of who Jesus is revealing himself to be through these statements. Uh, we started with first, I am the bread of life, where Jesus talks about like manna from heaven, how he sustains us and nourishes us and uh, harkens back to the days uh, of Exodus and the exile and how God goes before us and provides for us. And then last week we looked at Jesus saying, I am the gate. And Dinah talked to us about how Jesus' gate uh, swings open and is both ways that we can enter in and exit through Jesus's love. And she reminded us that this is a place where we can be here, we can be seen and heard and known, and that this is a safe space um, for all who welcome. And we pray that this community is that space um, for you all, where you can be known and seen and heard and welcome. And then this morning, we will turn and look at uh, Jesus' statement in the second part of that passage of John 10, where he reminds us, I am the good shepherd. Um, so one of the things we do here is we recite the Shema and following after Jesus. So if you would all stand and join me as we recite the Shema. Shema Israel, Nai Elohenu, Adonai Echad, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Our scripture lesson this morning is from John chapter 10, beginning in verse 11. Hear now the word of the Lord. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. 
just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated on your couches. Uh, I actually thought about wearing pajamas this morning to, to join you at home. I hope you all slept in. Uh, maybe you're having donuts or uh, pancakes or something and enjoying worship with us. Uh, one of the things we talked about on staff this week is you might actually enjoy uh, worshiping from home so much you might not come back. Um, but we hope uh, you're enjoying celebrating with us. Uh, this week, our scripture stays where we were last week and looks a lot about the shepherd and the sheep. And so I kept coming back to this analogy about sheep, which uh, to Jesus's followers and listeners of this original telling of this this parable would understand sheep very well. Shepherding and sheep were a big part of their society, um, but for us, it's it's really not. So I, I kept wondering, what does this analogy look like? And like Daryl talked about, we tend to have a different picture of this, and I, I tend to think more of ranching animals. Um, and so I went digging to look how sheep normally show up. I tend to, I tend to think of sheep as kind of dumb animals that wander off and aren't really paying attention. And as I think of that analogy, I think this analogy works very well for me because it's very easy for me to keep my head down, uh, to focus on the few things I'm doing, to lose perspective of the greater picture, and then all of a sudden look up and realize I have wandered way off path. I, I'm away from the fold. I can't see or hear the shepherd, and I do not know what's going on. Then the shepherd has to leave the 99 to come find me because I've wandered off by some dangerous animal or some big cliff or some horrible thing I shouldn't be a part of. The shepherd then picks me up, carries me back to the 99 who were put in danger because I went off on my own. Then I feel guilty about leaving the 99 because I put them in danger and I end up in a shame spiral and I don't really know what's going on. So with that analogy, I think, wow, she, this sheep analogy works really well. But as I started to study what sheep are actually like and how it works with the shepherd, it's much more like Daryl talked about. They're not cows like we would think about in Texas where they're herded from behind with shouts and prods from cowboys. If you do that with sheep, they'll actually go behind the shepherd because sheep are taught to follow well. Uh, they, they have a very loving personal relationship with their shepherd. They care for them. They speak to them. And, and like Jesus says, they... The sheep know the shepherd's voice. So the sheep actually will not go unless the shepherd leads. And so as I started to learn more and more about this, I started to get the analogy deeper and deeper because unless the shepherd goes out ahead of the sheep, the sheep will stay. Uh, and this is part of what Jesus is saying when he's leading the sheep out. This is part of where we get this analogy that we're used to uh, with the rabbi leading the disciples that Jesus talks about. So when Jesus is telling his followers this, they not only know the cultural context uh, with the sheep and the shepherds, but they also have this context with the rabbi and the disciples. 
and they know in their culture as the rabbi goes out, so goes the disciples, and the disciples will wait for what the rabbi does and then actually follow the rabbi and go do what the rabbi does. This is, this is exactly why we read the Shema every week. Uh, we read the Shema because our rabbi, Jesus, would have done this upon waking up, upon going to bed, and before going to the scriptures. Um, so we are following our rabbi and reciting the very words that our rabbi would have done. So when Jesus starts talking about this analogy with the good shepherd, it clicks into his listeners on so many different levels of their society. And they understand what this picture looks like as he progresses through this analogy to talk about what life of following the, sh the good shepherd is. And it sinks in very quickly. This idea of the sheep as being lost and not is not something they would have thought of. They would have thought of this intimate personal relationship. In our video this morning, we looked at Psalm 23. I hope you enjoyed the video. Each time I watched it, it was hard not to cry. The images of the pain and destruction, but the promises of God right along with it. And then the walks of the children through the forest. And if you notice, there was actually elderly with them with a cane. And then later, they're in a hospital. But the... The video takes us through the highs and lows of all of life and the promises and assurances of God and his presence are there with them all the way. And I love that image. I want to read it for you. It's so common, but the words portray the good shepherd so well from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that psalm because it lays out so much of what the good shepherd does for us. He takes care of us to the point where we lack nothing. He makes us lie down in green pastures to provide us with the food that we hunger for. He leads us beside quiet waters for, for the nourishment of the water there, but also for safety. This is not rushing rapids that might wash the sheep away, but these are safe places, places to nourish our body. And he refreshes our souls. It's not just the physical needs, it's also the spiritual needs. God is protecting us, guiding us, providing for us, keeping us safe in all circumstances. Not just physically and mentally, but emotionally and spiritually as well. When was the last time you had rest for your souls? When was the last time you stepped back and reflected on where God was, what the good shepherd was leading you into, slowed down long enough to quiet yourself to hear his voice? This is part of what God is welcoming us to in following his son. When you look at the phrase good shepherd, it actually means model shepherd. It's not only the example, it is the gift. 
And this outline of this gift is used throughout scriptures. Psalm 23, like we talked about, Psalm 78, Genesis 49, and Ezekiel 34. All these outline the clear definitions of a shepherd's task. To feed the sheep adequately, to care for their ailments, to keep them gathered together, and to put their well-being before his own. God promises both to be shepherd and to put a model shepherd over God's people. In other words, Jesus follows Father God as we are to follow him, so that as we follow Jesus, we are too following Father God. As we see in the scriptures, this is not just in the good times. This is the hard times as well. In times of fear and anxiety, when an enemy shows up like the wolf in the scriptures, when we face difficult times and, as Psalm 23 reminds us, even death. These are times when the good shepherd leads. Jesus explains, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. As in John 15, we hear Jesus reminding us, greater love has no one than this, but to lay one's own life down for his friends. Jesus makes it clear that he lays down his life for the sheep willingly by his own accord and that is his own decision. We're reminded in Philippians chapter 2, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It's interesting to me how many times we, meet, we need reminding of these realities And we see this repetition in this short passage this morning where Jesus reminds us twice, I am the good shepherd, and then three times that he lays his life down for his sheep. Short amount of time in this short passage, Jesus is telling us time and again to remind us who he is, how he cares for us, and he will go to the ultimate lengths to provide for us. And this provision of the shepherd is sufficient for the needs and longings of the sheep. He's caring for all that we need, all that we long and hunger for. As Dinah has been talking about in our community here, we all long to be accepted, to be seen and heard and known. And the good shepherd does this for us. Hear this passage from Psalm 139. You have searched me and you know me, Lord. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it. You hem me in before and behind, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me to even fathom. The good shepherd calls us all, welcomes us all, and knows us all. So I'd ask us, how do we as a church provide a place where all know they are welcomed and loved and accepted? One of the biblical scholars I read this week talked about this passage and summed it up saying that Jesus did not exclude people based on the standards of the day. He embraced the outcast, the oppressed, and the overlooked. And we are to provide a space where all are welcomed. As some would say, it is not our job to judge which sheep our shepherd should love. 
Instead, it is our call to follow him, to receive his love, and to share it with all whom we encounter. In January, our board of stewards sat down, the governing body of our church, and spent the day with pastors and other staff leaders with the facilitator to come up with an identity statement to help guide our church in this new season. Alamo Heights United Methodist Church is a Christian community of love, hope, and belonging for all. This is the statement our leadership came up with. The passages from this morning in John 10, from Psalm 23 and Psalm 139, and all the other passages that narrate this story of our lives following Jesus, our good shepherd and our rabbi, this is the life he is leading us into. One of love, of hope, and for belonging for all because of what he has done in laying down his life through his crucifixion and resurrection. This is the good news of the gospel for us that Christ came as the good shepherd for all and gave all for us. There is comfort for us in that. The love of the good shepherd knows no bounds, and he will stop at nothing to show this love to all. In this time when we deal with new situations in society and we face things that we have not seen before, it is comforting to have the assurance of the good shepherd that calls us all by name and welcomes us all to his love. I invite you this week to step back, to silence the noise, to be still, to quiet yourself, and to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd. Because I assure you, in more ways than one, you will hear him calling your name and welcoming him, calling unto you. In this time, you will hear him as he welcomes us all. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Jesus, what a strange and unusual time in our world where we don't know which way is up. But how many times could we have said that in our history? Chaos, confusion, hatred, illness, even death. In the midst of it all, you are there. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare the table for me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Lord, let us remember this in the midst of the coming days. Let us be grateful and obedient to our leaders let us be mindful and loving to our neighbors. And let us be peaceful, knowing that in all things, you are always with us. Jesus, our good shepherd that goes before us, guide us and protect us all in this time. We thank you and bless you in all these things. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said,